Hello. How's it going? Sorry that intro started playing again. I thought I had it off the loop setting because it's Monday. Hi. I missed you guys. Let me get situated. I am frazzled. I am frazzled because today... Oh, let me get centered here. Today was Moira's first day of doggy boot camp. So I literally just got back from dropping her off. My baby! And I was very sad to leave her there because it was like a brand new place with like so many new dog smells. And I had to leave her there all alone. But it's good. It's good. It's good. Um, she needs it and I need it. It's good. So I'm excited to hear how her first day goes. I'm picking her up at five and then they'll like debrief me and tell me everything and teach me how to do stuff. So I'm learning along with her and then have to kind of reinforce at home. Um, so I hope that she likes it, but man, uh, Y'all remember commuting? Because I haven't had to commute in about three years. Man, oh man. It sucks. <laughs> and it's from, of course, nine to five, her training. So, um, and it's on the other side of town. And by other side of town, I'm like, I'm in Minneapolis and I live very centrally located. So the other side of town is like a 15 minute drive. But man, ick, ick. I'm gonna have to do this every day for four weeks. Yuck. Luckily, my law firm office is located over there. So I'll actually like go into the office now, I guess. But not today. Not today. I rushed home so I could hang out with you guys. My pals, I missed you. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Hopefully everyone got a nice long weekend. Um, I did on Saturday. I literally read all day. I sat all day long reading the whole day. It was glorious. Like if I had my way, if I didn't have to do any work, if I was a millionaire and could just like lay around and just live high on the hog. I think what I would do every day is just read. Just read and read and read. Um, so Saturday was great. So I hope you guys had equally restful things, things, weekends, holidays, etc. I hope you ate a lot. <sighs> All right. Let's let's jump into it. I feel like I have a lot to talk about today. Well, maybe not. I don't. My notes don't look that long, but I swear I've got a lot to talk about. So, welcome. I'm happy that you're here. Thanks for being here. Super chats and super stickers are enabled. Anything that you give helps to support this channel. So, thank you very much. Uh, let's just uh, jump right into the news. So, uh, we've all had a fun time watching Elon crash and burn of course. But over the weekend, we saw some of the first effects on a global scale of what his apparent alleged mishandling of Twitter can lead to. Uh, let me see. So there have been unprecedented widespread protests in China against the Chinese government's zero COVID extremely strict quarantine 
protocol that has led to like long, long shut-ins for people. And so there's been all these protests, which is a very rare show of dissent against the Communist Party in China. And it's happening in cities across China. Uh, and it was triggered by a fire in an apartment building that killed at least 10 people. And videos of the incident appeared to show that lockdown measures had delayed the firefighters from being able to reach the victims and the victims from being able to get out. Among the dead were children, members of the Uyghur population, which is the extremely uh, persecuted Muslim population in China. So it's fraught with many issues, but people are in the streets protesting. And to give you an idea how, of how rare these types of protests are, um, some are calling for President Xi Jinping to resign. And you can literally be put in prison if you are heard, even just criticizing Xi Jinping. The last time there were protests like this was during the Tiananmen Square riots, to give you context, okay? And like the Chinese party is wont to do, they try to quell the dissent in many ways, including online via Twitter, allegedly. On Sunday, they allegedly flooded Twitter with porn, <laughs> And tagged all the cities where protests were happening so that if you or anyone wanted to see news about the protests on Twitter and you typed in a city name, you would just be met exclusively with adult content. And, and of course, Twitter has AI and teams of humans who help deal with things like this. Well, had. Had those humans. Thanks to Elon, Twitter went from 7,500 employees to 2,000 employees. 7,500 employees to 2,000 employees, and those groups dealing with human rights issues, safety concerns, and deceptive foreign influence operations have been reduced to a handful of people or no staff at all. Twitter did eventually start cracking down on the, the porn infestation. Um, and so by the end of, by Sunday night, news started showing up, uh, but it wasn't all, they didn't get all of it. One person, one U.S. government contractor and China expert said it was 50% porn, 50% protests. Which I'd like to adopt as a new leftist slogan. 50% porn, 50% protests. Put that on a t-shirt. Once I got to three to four scrolls into the feed to see posts from earlier in the day, it was all porn. <laughs> it's not funny. This bad. Okay, this is this is no laughing matter, you guys. Stop laughing. Kids in the back, I see you. And in other news, Elon has announced that there will be a new Twitter verification system that will be rolling out on Friday with individuals getting blue checks, companies getting gold checks, and government accounts getting gray checks. I believe these, you don't have to pay for them this time. Okay. All right. Uh, it's Trump o'clock. It's Trump o'clock. Can't avoid it. Can't avoid it. Um, per Politico, it looks like excitement for Trump just isn't there. Which is fun. We look at this article. Uh, so he made a campaign announcement that Politico saying was lackluster and received a collective shrug from Republicans. Oh, 
far from freezing out potential competitors, Trump's announcement was followed by a raft of political 2024 contenders appearing at the Republican Jewish Coalition Conference in Las Vegas over the weekend. Because apparently Trump has forgotten that there are Jews in his party and he should probably stop hanging out with anti-Semites, but we'll get to that. Anti-Semites? Words are hard. Okay. At least one Republican who had previously said she would defer to Trump if he ran, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, now said she is considering running in a serious way. A super PAC supporting Trump's chief rival, Florida government, Governor Ron DeSantis, plans to begin airing TV ads in Iowa on Friday. Iowa, of course, being a key state, the primaries and in the regular election. And even the news that Elon Musk was lifting Trump's ban on Twitter wasn't breaking through. The morning after his account was reinstated, a, devel a development once viewed as a significant lift to Trump's candidacy, Fox News Sunday spent more time talking about the ticketing debacle surrounding Taylor Swift's upcoming tour. Okay. So that's kind of heartening, but then they go on to say Trump may still be the front runner to win the GOP nomination. In a Politico slash Morning Consult poll this week, Trump was still running 15 percentage points ahead of DeSantis with Republicans and Republican-leaning independents. If a wide field of more traditionalist Republicans split the primary vote in early nominating states, as they did in 2016, Trump could still cut through his com competitors with less than majority support. He benefited in 2016 primary from open conflict with more traditionalist Republicans, and he will have them to belittle again in 2024. In a preview of the unfolding campaign, he cast DeSantis this month as Ron DeSanctimonious, which I was impressed he even knew that word. And in a racist outburst at Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, asserted his name sounds Chinese. Neither DeSantis nor Youngkin nor most of Trump's other rivals have been tested on the national stage, and no Republican in the field, of course, has been president before. So as heartening as it is to hear that Republicans, he seems to have less of a death grip on Republicans now than he has in the past, uh, still could mean, still could be that more traditional, slightly less, would we call Ron DeSantis traditional? I mean, he fucking sucks. It could mean, though, that more traditional Republicans could be running against him and could split the vote of all of the people who are like never Trumpers and the Republicans. And then he could still get the nominee nomination, be the nominee, you know, words. God damn it. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> Happy Monday. OK, so I was heartened to read that and then disheartened by the end of that article. So. There's that. In other Trump news, he has been apparently criticizing Daddy Jack Smith's wife. Not on my watch. If you missed my last live stream, we talked about Jack Smith, the new special counsel who will be investigating Trump. Trump doesn't like his wife, which is very Trump fashion to be like, well, what about your wife? So... Trump and his allies have been up in arms that Smith's wife, documentary filmmaker Katie Chevigny, worked as a producer on Michelle Obama's Becoming and, according to FEC filings, donated $2,000 to President Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign. In a Truth Social post last week, Trump used that information as supposed evidence to support his persistent claims that the Justice Department is being weaponized against him, calling Smith a hardline radical left special counsel. Uh, and people are saying he's getting desperate. And he finally knows that accountability is coming from him. Um, 
So, which I thought was interesting because, okay, yeah. First of all, Daddy Jack Smith's wife sounds badass. Further confirming that Daddy Jack Smith can get it in my book. Um, she worked on Michelle Obama's Becoming. She gave $2,000 to Joe Biden's campaign. $2,000 is a lot of money. Do I have $2,000 to throw at a political campaign? Absolutely not. Does the abs does the average American? No. No. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much. Also, if we're going to start attacking the spouses of prominent people in our government, Clarence Thomas, hello. Like, Daddy Jack Smith's wife made a documentary and donated some money to a political campaign. Okay? Ginny Thomas tried to overthrow the government. <laughs> if we're starting to throw stones, let's throw them in all directions, shall we? It is nice to see him squirm a bit. Yeah. Hello? Uh... Don't fuck with Sadie or his wifey. Not on my watch. No, Trump fucking hates women. He doesn't even like his own wife. He's never liked any of his wives. He literally doesn't see women as humans. Or as anything other than objects. Even his own daughters. He reduces to sexual overtures. <laughs> hashtag don't wake daddy <laughs> uh, god don't come for daddy oh uh, boy right because she's not a human he, she is a blow up doll even if she is his daughter Jenny Smith 50% porn 50% protest no but don't give her that that's our new slogan Uh, what? Anyway, that got me a little riled up. Hold on. I'm going to Google her. Can we look at who's... I want to see Katie. I want to see Katie Chevigny. She sounds fucking badass. Oh, she's got an IMDb. Ooh, they don't even have her birth date right on the Wikipedia. They say she was born in... Either 68 or 69. I love a woman. I love a woman who flies under the radar. Look at all this. Stuff she's been in. Or not been in, but produced. So many good things. I mean, she's a documentary filmmaker. Of course you're going to get into some politically charged content. All right. Wow. So cool. I love a woman. It's true. It's true. It's Legia, okay? You've been coming here for a while, Simon. I've seen your name pop up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I really wish the left were as radical and left as it's accused of being. I know, right? I'm attracted to her more than her husband. Fair. Fair. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, okay. And then continuing in Trump o'clock, apparently he had dinner last week at Mar-a-Lago with Kanye West and another known racist and anti-Semite, Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes, who I had never heard of. So, so yeah, Trump had dinner with them. He claims that Kanye just, like, brought Nick Fuentes uh, and didn't know who this guy was. But the two men apparently hit it off, according to sources. Ye said in his video that the former president was very impressed with Fuentes, according to witness reports. Trump even praised the Holocaust denier at dinner. He gets me, Trump reportedly said. <laughs> okay, so then I was like, who's Nick Fuentes? Uh, so I pulled up this anti-defamation league article about him here's a picture of him um here's five things to know according to the anti-defamation league nicholas fuentes is a white supremacist leader and organizer and podcaster who seeks to forge a white nationalist alternative to the mainstream gop so he's all right he's like farther right than the right um he's a white nationalist which is wild wild for me with a last name like fuentes nick fuentes Nicolas Fuentes, you're a white nationalist? Really? So apparently he dropped out of Boston University um, because he was being persecuted, of course, uh, after he was apparently getting threats tied to his attendance at the white supremacist Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. Remember that one? Remember that one? He was there while he was in college. He dropped out. So this guy's like, I don't know, 24? No, that's, a, that's not math. 2017 was somehow five years ago. So he's probably like 26. Anyway. He has since become a prominent white supremacist, supremacist pundit and organizer. Um, he began hosting a live stream show called America First, which attracted a cult-like following. I Googled it and couldn't figure out where it was. I don't know if it was a YouTube live stream, if it was a Twitch live stream. He refers to his supporters as Groypers or the Groyper Army, which I don't know what that's referring to, but probably bad. So probably something bad. And they see their bigoted views as necessary to preserve white European American identity and culture. Yes, Nicolas Fuentes wants to preserve white European American identity and culture. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Okay. He seeks to carve out a space that deliberately and publicly challenges the mainstream conservative movement. Um, Fuentes views societal changes as the bastardized Jewish subversion of the American creed. The founders never intended for America to be a refugee camp for non-white people. Sir, the founders never intended for someone with the last name Fuentes to have any rights. Make it make sense. he's being a pick me girl he's being a pick me girl not sure hitler would give him a full-time ride to nazi university based on his ethnic background big pick me energy big pick me energy okay spain has invaded so many countries but like most of them are countries that we would consider to be we. That would be not considered to be white at this point. 
According to Wikipedia, his grandparents are Mexican. Maybe Spain Mexican, but if we're talking far-right white nationalists in America, I don't care. I They're not... Their ability to think back far enough in history to say, well, your ancestors came from Spain, invaded Mexico, so even though your parents are Mexican, then you are still European. Most of the time, they don't have those critical thinking skills. So it's wild to me that they're that they're able to think back far enough to say, oh, Spain invaded, so yeah, you are European. For Specifically for Nicolas Fuentes. They're making that exception, but no one else, apparently. Thank you for the super chat. Fuentes, the most Anglo-Saxon last name ever. Yikes. Mexico was it? I, okay. Yeah. Right, exactly. There are white Mexicans. If we're going to listen... I'm a white lady on the internet, so, like, I am not an authority on this. But there are white Mexicans, but probably not white enough for U.S. white supremacists. That's the exact point I'm trying to make. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway. Uh, oh, that's right. He created his own political action committee. I hate, I hate when these people start making money. Okay. He founded the America First Political Action Conference. Serves as a counterweight to the annual CPAC event held at the same time, which is largely attended by mainstream conservative activists. Yeah. So <clears throat> there he is with some other people. Nicholas Fuentes believes that he is working to defend against leftist cultural changes that are destroying the true America, a white Christian nation. Great. Cool. Oh, here um, you can see at the January 6th uprising, America First flags from his program. America First. Fuentes has used his platform to make numerous anti-Semitic and racist comments. I'm not going to repeat them here. Uh, let's see. Fuentes promoted election fraud narratives and encouraged his adherents to participate in nationwide Stop the Steal protests is why all these America First flags were at the rally on January 6th. Here's a picture of his America First flag inside the U.S. Capitol building on that day. Here's some more. Fuentes has been embraced and praised by a spectrum of far right wing fringe conservatives, providing him a larger platform for elevating the America First movement. That's who this fucking guy is. Trump Trump had dinner with him and Kanye West. What a trio. And said, he gets me. He gets me. All right. I am reading your comments. Yeah. 
Depending on where in Latin America, some or most of the people would be white, having been descended primarily from colonist racism and nativism, is super confusing and super stupid. All right. That's a good point. Why is everyone in alt-right so obsessed with European heritage? Y'all shit on modern Europe whenever you can. Well, listen, it's not the Europe of our forefathers anymore, okay? There's a lot of gays over there now. When I was in Madrid, I went to a seven-story seven nightclub. That's not very Christian. That's not very Christian. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm catching up on all of your comments. You guys are really talkative today. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot that part. Kanye asked if he could be Trump's vice president in 2024. Come on. Come on. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. All right. Uh, can we get the fuck out of Trump o'clock? Are we done? Yeah. Okay. We're done with Trump o'clock, but then I realized that there is a new... Um, there's a new... Section. There's a new section of this live stream that I like to call get me out of here <laughs> so tons of wealthy countries have seen a decline in road deaths in the last decade or so but not in the U.S. of course welcome to a new segment I like to call get me out of here why other rich nations have surpassed the U.S. in protecting pedestrians cyclists and motorists you see the U.S. just we're just hanging out up here just hanging out here and this includes pedestrian deaths motorcyclist deaths cyclist deaths etc change in road deaths during the pandemic also went up switzerland went up a surprising amount and ireland went up a little bit uh which i don't know i went to ireland recently and y'all are drunk all the time so <laughs> kind of makes sense everywhere else though plummeted portugal negative 19 percent my country of choice to flee to um, in 2021, nearly 43,000 people died on American roads. The government estimates and the recent rise in fatalities has been particularly pronounced among those the government classifies as most vulnerable, cyclists, motorists, cyclists, and pedestrians. Much of the familiar explanation for America's road safety record lies with the transportation system primarily designed to move cars quickly, not to move people safely. Motor vehicles are first, highways are first, and everything else is an afterthought. That culture is baked into state transportation departments that have their roots in the era of interstate highway construction and through which most federal transportation dollars flow. Okay, they're not only explained through America's history of highway development or dependent on cars, however. 
Other countries started to take seriously pedestrian and cyclist injuries in the 2000s and started making that a priority in both vehicle design and street design in a way that has never been committed to in the United States. That's great. I saw a TikTok recently. God, I can't remember where it was. I think it was Austin maybe where they were like, let's take a lovely walk by this freeway neighborhood in Austin. And they were like just trying to just trying to walk on the sidewalk through this one neighborhood in Austin that's been divided by a freeway and like like there were it was bad it was none of the none of the crosswalk signs worked everything was dirty the sidewalk was just like misshapen and crumpled all over the place and it's like that's America or I saw another TikTok wow all my references are from TikTok I saw another TikTok of a guy that like was pretending to have his like European French friend here and they were like in the suburbs by a highway and they were like let's go for a walk and they the guy was just like walking on like the median like on the side of the road that's just like a dish filled with grass that's America that's America where's that country song that's America. The first song at Moira Land. Oh, someone's calling me. Who could it be? No one I know. All right. Okay. Did I have anything else to say about this? No. Um, another get me out of here news. Conservative states are blocking trans medical care. And families are fleeing. Families of ki trans kids are fleeing Texas, which is no surprise. But it's an example of the very real consequences of anti-trans legislation and propaganda. Politico went to this very sweet teen's house, followed them around in Texas. And her their sweet mom, Carrie, so supportive. My Chemical Romance brings all the weirdos together, no matter the age, no matter the date. And by weirdos, I mean, I didn't mean to call them weird. Sorry. I was a weirdo in middle school and loved My Chemical Romance. And it's just heartening to see other outcast kids <laughs> rallying around My Chemical Romance. Anyway, Texas Governor Greg Abbott had issued a directive requiring the state's Department of Family and Protective Services to investigate all parents with medically transitioning kids, enclosing an opinion from fellow Republican Attorney General Ken Paxton. You remember this? To back it up, these parents could be brought up on charges of child abuse, and people who worked with trans kids could be, too, if they didn't report such families to state authorities. So it was like, the parents can be potentially criminally charged as well as the mandatory reporters that those kids interact with. And the catch with this family is that their mom, Carrie, is a school counselor. So she's like doubly targeted for trying to protect her own child in Texas. Just weeks later, the Jacksons were en route to Cumberland, a small city near the Allegheny Mountains in western Maryland where Cass's older sibling lived. Cass's sibling, Bug, great name, is also trans and would provide a new home for Cass, their mother and their older sister. Unemployment and unemployed and without a plan, the family felt their only option was to flee a state they had never intended to leave. They were leaving their home. And of course, after Abbott's announcement, Cass's mental health suffered. The directive required professionals who work with children 
teachers, school nurses, counselors to report the parents of children like Cass to the Department of Family and Protective Services or face possible criminal charges. So you have to open a CPS case against any family that you know to be supporting their children. <laughs> According to Cass, everyone knew whether they were trans and their mom was a lead counselor in the school district. Cass worried about their mother's career in school counseling and of the rest of their whole family if they were reported to Department of Family and Protective Services. Like a CPS report is no fucking laughing matter. That stays on your record. Then that becomes, if you get reported again, the danger of your child getting taken away from you and put into foster care, which is fucked up enough foster care with not having to go into foster care as a trans child with a loving family who's being taken away from that family and put into foster care because of bigoted laws. Like the levels of fucked up is unreal. It Yeah, this is sounding dystopian absolutely texas yeah you said it but i certainly would be trying to get out of there but also they shouldn't have to and like being in high school is hard enough and i assume being trans in high school is hard enough that you would then have to change schools in the middle of high school that is by itself hard enough Ugh. Get me out of here. See, this is why I'm titling it this this section. Get me out of here because I, I am going to just keep screaming it. Okay. And in more get me out of here news. So the Democrats kept the Senate this year. But according to HuffPost, 2020 may be harder. Not only HuffPost. I keep reading this. Um, the party enters the next cycle defending. So in 2024, uh, Democrats are going to be defending 23 Senate seats including two held by independents who caucus with Democrats. So independent, like, yeah, that's compared with just 10 seats that Republicans hope to keep. So way more seats are up for grabs that are currently held by Democrats in 2024. Adding to the potential hurdles is that some 2024 contests are in states that have become increasingly hostile to Democrats, including Montana, Ohio, and West Virginia. Other Democratic-held seats are in some of the same hotly contested states that were at the center of this year's midterms, such as Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Nevada. And while Democrats carried each of those races, they did so at great cost and with sometimes narrow margins. In Nevada, for instance, Democratic incumbent Senator Catherine Cortez Masto won by less than one percentage points, or about 9,000 votes. 9,000 votes. So get me out of here <laughs> before 2024. So I don't know. And especially after these midterms, because Democrats made such a strong showing, usually the pendulum swings. And so that's going to be a rallying cry. That's going to be a rallying cry for Republicans in 2024. You see how did they, how good they did in 2022. That's because we didn't show up enough. We need to show out. So, yikes. That's all I have to say about that. It was supposed to be a red wave, but it wasn't. And so now I'm afraid that the people, the Republicans are going to rally even stronger. The reason why it wasn't a red flag is because Republicans got what they wanted with like the abortion and everything, the overthrowing abortion and stuff. And so the pendulum swung. So Democrats showed up in strong numbers and now the pendulum's going to swing back and Republicans are going to show up in strong numbers because of how well Repu Democrats did. 
Protest and porn. 50% porn, 50% protest. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yikes button. Where's my camera? Yikes. 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 All right. Okay. Uh, let's get rid of this. We're moving on to, where is it? Consumption corner. And no, I don't mean tuberculosis. Wow, this person keeps calling me and I don't know who they are. Okay. <clears throat> consumption corner, consumption corner. Disney released a new movie called Strange World. Not sure if any of you saw that one. Um, it is the worst opening, worst opening weekend for Disney in the modern era. It is the worst three-day opening for a Disney animated film since The Emperor's New Groove in 2000. Which we all now know to be a cinematic masterpiece. So who's to say? It might be a good movie, but it did not perform well in the box office. But I was just surprised to hear that fact that The Emperor's New Groove in 2000 was one of the worst opening weekends for any Disney film because, like, an American classic. An American classic. In other news, does anyone get advent calendars? I know it's like 9, 10. We have to get to work. But I wanted to talk about this. So I found this article from The Wire Cutter, which, if you don't know, is the New York Times, like, recommendation affiliate marketing machine basically but they actually test things out and then recommend things and it's actually quite a, a quite helpful list <clears throat> so they have a list of our favorite advent calendars and i thought these were interesting i want to get an advent calendar this year i usually i think i had some when i was a kid but i've never had them as an adult but these look fun okay so we got Okay, well, I mean, this one's for children, but the Schleich Advent Calendars, they have little tiny hand-painted dinosaurs inside. Or the Vinebox Advent Calendar, where you get a tiny little vial of wine. But it's only 12 nights, because the 24 nights sold out, and it's $130. So if anyone wants to buy that for me now, <laughs> I was going to say for Christmas, but the, it would have to be right now. Charming. Lego advent calendars. You can do Harry Potter, Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy. You guys know how I feel about Harry Potter. I finished the fifth book over the weekend. I'm now on the sixth book. Oh, they got a pink. They got a purple hair. They got Tonks. How fun is that? Anyway, so many little tiny Lego things. Okay. The Bon Maman advent calendar. Uh, with, which has tasty jams. <laughs> Fun. The Adagio Teas Advent Calendar. You get a little tea for each day. Isn't that fun? McCree's Caramels. Yeah. Or Caramels, depending on where you are in the country. Ooh. That's so fun. Seize Candies. 
a nice, more traditional. It's a 101-year-old company. Delicious nostalgia. So charming. The Playmobil Advent Calendar. If you want Playmobil instead of Lego. And they have a Back to the Future one. How fun. Cool. Okay. Uh, Briar Advent Calendars. Just little horses. <laughs> Just little horses. Sniff Snacks. Advent Calendar. Cat Treats. Cute. A do-it-yourself advent calendar. West Elm Bottle Brush. I think you have to make it yourself. Eh. I'm going to pass on that one. Sorry. Kiehl's Limited Edition Holiday Advent Calendar. Hell yeah, I'd fuck with that. Skincare. So fun. So fun. All right. Anyway, that's Consumption Corner. In other Consumption Corner news, have people been watching Wednesday? The new Tim Burton series on Netflix. I've been watching it. I'm pretty entertained. Some of the acting, not great. Some of the dialogue, not great. But the the gal who plays Wednesday, what's her name? I've never seen her in anything, but I know she's been. Jenny Ortega? I know she's been in a lot of stuff. I've just not seen it. She's in The Fallout. Oh, she was in Scream from 2022? That movie was great. I don't remember her in it, though. She was in You. I don't watch You. I watched the first couple episodes, and I was like, too too creepy, too real, too close to home. I don't need more creepy men in my life and tales of them. Oh, she was in Jane the Virgin. That's fun. Yes. Christina Ricci is in it. I wouldn't say she's doing a great job on the acting. Like, she's supposed to be very, um, like, a chipper teacher. And, like, Christina Ricci plays only the angry characters. <laughs> Seeing her smiling is weird. But it was fun. It was fun. It's fun that she's in it. Um, anyway. I'm entertained. It's dark. It has it like very similar vibes to the Sabrina, Sabrina, Sabrina reboot. Very similar vibes, but I like Wednesday as a character better. Sabrina was just kind of like sweet. Wednesday is like deadpan. Her hobbies, grade A hobbies. She likes writing macabre stories on a typewriter, playing the doors covers on the cello um um discovering and solving murders like she's got all sorts she loves like a four shot americano this this girl she's great and there's one scene where she's at a dance i'm not giving away spoilers or anything but there's one scene where she's at a dance and she gives this like deadpan flailing goth dance and it was in that moment when I was like, this girl's a star. This girl's a star. <clears throat> she's giving, um, she's giving, uh, buh, buh, buh. oh my gosh, what's her name? Aubrey Plaza vibes. She's giving strong Aubrey Plaza vibes. And I love it. 
All right. That's all I have for you. It's 9.15. It's 9.15. You guys, you have to get to work. You have to get to work. Christine Ritchie is fully out. Bye. Uh, that's good. All right. Um, this person keeps calling me. It might be an emergency. Okay. It's time to go to work. No work for you today. God bless. God bless. I'm glad you were able to make it here. I did. I heard she she choreographed it too. Okay. Leija, have you read the comments? I'm reading the comments. What's happening? I don't know what's happening. Okay. I'm going to leave now. Um, I hope that you have a good Monday. There will be a new video on Wednesday. Um, this one is like... I hope that you like it. I'm a little interested to see how the reception will be. It's a very, it's a practical um, video because I'm I'm trying a new series where I teach you like the basics of law and stuff because it's something that I think is important. But I don't know if people are going to click on it, so I'm fascinated to see what you guys what you guys think of it. Um, that's Wednesday, Thursday. I will be back here live streaming. Um, please hold me in your thoughts and prayers as I continue to bring Moira to doggy daycare or doggy boot camp every day in traffic and then attempt to continue her teachings here at home. Um, should be, should be interesting, but I'm very excited. Um, I will see you guys Wednesday on the main channel and Thursday morning here. All right. Okay. Bye. Goodbye.